is the BK and Ferrario podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's BK and Ferrario. With Jeremy Rutherford, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. The big news in baseball yesterday, really the big news in all of sports, is that a baseball team has finally started doing some stuff in the hot stove season. It was the Padres. They Started out the day with the big trade for Blake Snell. They ended up signing Ha Sung Kim, an international free agent that could play all over the infield for them. And then they finished the day by, you know, just go ahead and putting the cherry on the top with you Darvish being their next starting pitcher as well. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk it all over with Tony Gwynn Jr., the Padres radio broadcaster. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Tony Gwynn Jr. Tony, we always appreciate the time. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing very well. So I got to imagine yesterday was a pretty awesome day out in San Diego. What are Padres fans thinking right now after adding two frontline starters and a guy that I guess you just fit in wherever he can next year in Ha-Sung Kim? Yeah, it's safe to say that uh, San Diegans went to bed last night feeling pretty good about the 2021 (laughs) season coming up. I mean, um, and you know what? They're they're kind of conditioned. Every it's over the last three off seasons, uh, the really the last four off seasons, the Padres have done made a splash. It started with Hosmer and continued with Machado. There were some trades made during this past season that that elevate them. And now uh, you're talking about a team that is seems to be putting uh, all the chips uh, in on this one. And and obviously. Uh, I, I, it needs to be said that these is, these deals are reportedly happening. Uh, nothing official yet, but if everything holds to be true, it certainly uh, puts the Padres, I think, at the forefront of, of teams that can win a World Series next. We were going to ask you about that. We talked earlier in the show, Tony. Does this put them past the Dodgers? That's a tough question because listen, the Dodgers are the champs. Um, we don't know what their their roster is going to look like at this point, right? I mean. Uh, Justin Turner's a free agent. That's going to have to work itself out. Uh, we don't know what other moves can happen. But as of right now, you could argue that these two teams are even. Now, uh, the difference is the Dodgers have walked through this fire before and have come out on the other side. I mean, there's a lot to be said with the expectations that come with those type of, uh, those type of things and, and being a World Series contender. So, um, I think it remains to be seen, and we'll have to sit back and see what the Dodgers do, if they do anything at all. But uh, this certainly puts the Padres in that conversation. Tony, I think a lot of Cardinals fans are green with envy right now of what the Padres are doing because we've been sitting back hoping, I mean, if we could just get Yachty and Wayno back at this point, I think Cardinals fans would be pretty happy with the offseason. And speaking of Yachty, I, I wonder yeah, yeah. from San Diego's perspective, is that somebody that makes some sense now? Because it feels like if they added a catcher of his ilk to go along with this pitching staff, man, that that is a potentially scary combination from the outside looking in. Do you think he makes sense for the Padres, Yadier Molina? Listen, I can't speak for all of San Diego, but I can speak from my perspective. Absolutely. I, I've, I've played against Yadi. I, I know the impact he can have on a pitching staff Completing, completely shutting down any type of uh, extra bases that can be had, um, and he's a clubhouse leader. Uh, I don't know anybody that doesn't that's played with Yachty or played against him that doesn't respect him at, at, at a high level. So I think he would be a great fit uh, here in San Diego. Now, 
listen, I'm also uh, I'm very sensitive to the fact that he's been in one one place his entire career, and I know for some guys that means means a lot more. Uh, so we'll see how it shakes out, but certainly. In terms of the Padres, uh, he would be, I think, a great fit. I know you said you can't speak for the Padres' interest level, uh, just your own, and, and you would love to have Yachty in a Padre uniform. Uh, but what do you think the team is thinking uh, with all the pieces they're putting together and, and you uh, speaking on behalf of Yachty, how much he would help? Uh, how how serious do you think the Padres would look into this? Tony, they got to be done at this point, right? they got to be done at it. <laughs> you listen. I, I I don't put anything past AJ Preller at this point. I mean, he he has shown time and time again that uh, he never his phone is never off. So so you you don't know if they're done or not. It certainly would seem like they have uh, the pieces they want. But uh, as I said, you can't put anything past past AJ Preller. I know there's been. I don't know what the Padres' interest was. I know there's been reports uh, uh, by some by some of our better um, insiders around the game that, that said that there has been interest. But what interest, uh, I'm not sure I can tell you. Now, I, I'm seeing something now. that the, the Dodgers just made a trade with Tampa. So I, the Dodgers may be making moves on their own right now. It looks like it's a relatively small move. It's got some relievers involved. It looks like, surprise, surprise, Tony, another salary dump for the uh, Tampa mm. Bay Rays. Who could have seen that one coming? We're talking with That's Tony. That's how they Gwynn. do business. It's certainly, and it's worked out well for him over the years. It has. It has. Tony Gwynn Jr., Padres radio broadcaster, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Tony, I did want to ask you kind of in terms of the outlook for the Padres. Everybody's saying they're going all in, and they certainly are in some respects, but the farm system is still loaded. It's not like they gave up top five prospects in these deals, and a lot of the guys that they're adding are under contract for not just one year, but they've, they've got some years of club control now. How long do you think this winning window can be for the Padres? Are we about to go into like a, a three- or four-year window for San Diego? Listen, that's been the plan from ownership and, and this front office all along. I mean, back when they started to unload the first team that uh, A.J. put together, that was the idea, that they would strip it down, l- reload the farm system with, with draft picks and international signings, and they accomplished that in the first two or three years. And uh, it was a matter of those prospects kind of coming to the big league level and being able to produce. And uh, from there, that is where I think A.J. Preller deserves a lot of credit because uh, after stocking the system the way he has, uh, he was able to then flip that and to get quality players that were under team control uh, and relatively at a relatively good price um, to get to a position where you can open up that winning window where it is three, four, if you're lucky, five years. Uh, and that's where the Padres right now sit. Now, they've gone ahead and spent some money here bringing in Blake Snell and reportedly uh, reportedly Blake Snell, reportedly uh, Hugh Darvish, but they had the flexibility to do that because of the way they kind of set things up three, four years ago. So as you mentioned, Tony, they've gone about it, uh, bringing in uh, guys various ways uh, into the system, uh, trades, free agents. I'm wondering, curious, is there a way that other organizations like the Cardinals can look at the Padres, uh, how they went about it? Anything to mimic there? Listen, it's it's hard to say the Cardinals, if I'm being frank, that the Cardinals should be following the Padres' footsteps. Yes, as of right now, the Padres are set up well, but the Cardinals have been a playoff team, a team that has a chance to 
to do some damage for a long time. I mean, there's little spurts where, you know, they might miss, but they usually aren't out of it too long, at least uh, in, in recent in recent history. But uh, certainly um, it, it, it starts with having the type of farm system and being and having a scouts that can locate those that, that type of uh, talent and then being able to actually help that talent grow. And I, I think the Cardinals, you know, overall have done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, but we want Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're missing. We, we want one of those guys. How do we get that? <laughs> well, well, listen, I, the Padres did something that, that I don't think anybody ever predicted they would do. They, 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 got in their, they got their pocketbook out, and they spent a ton of money to bring a guy like Manny Machado in. Um, and, and sometimes you got to step out on a limb, you know, even though things around you may seem guys who, who are signing big deals uh, on other teams, it may not work out. Sometimes you got to step out on a limb. And in this particular situation, when you can sign a 26 year old to a big deal, that's a different story. You know, the, the, the Cardinals have had situations where they've had guys, but they hadn't been that young. And so they weren't necessarily comfortable. I think ultimately because of the, 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 the type of, uh, finances the Cardinals have, they have to go about it in a way like they have, and they got to find guys that uh, uh, that they grow in their system. But occasionally, you would like to see them step out and sign a guy. But it's got to be the right age. It can't be just anybody. Next year, as I've got you on the line, Tony, I wanted to ask you because Cardinals fans are looking to next offseason right now in the shortstop class that is potentially going to be available. I mean, Corey Seager is is at the right. top of that list. Trevor Story. You got guys all over the place, all basically all-stars. If you could pick one of those shortstops or potentially trading for Nolan Arenado next offseason for the Cardinals, what would you do if you were in John Mosellock's shoes? Oh, wow. I mean, that's a tough one. I, I, I've, I, out of those three guys that you mentioned, it was it Seager, Arenado, who was the third one? Uh, Corey Seager, Arenado, you've got Trevor Story, Carlos Story. Correa is going to oh. be on the market. I mean, there's, there's a yeah. few of them that are really good shortstops out there. I listen, I've, I've been always been a big fan of, of both Story and Seager. I got to see Seager up close the one year I worked for the Dodgers. Uh, that was his rookie season, and uh, when he's healthy, he's as as good as it gets. I mean, he could do it all, as we saw uh, last year through the short season and into the playoffs. Um, and he's still mobile. One of the things that I think a lot of people thought was that eventually he'd grow out of short, but he still uh, can can play the position, especially the way uh, the metrics are today. But I, if I had to pick, I'd probably say Trevor Story's the guy uh, from the time he's. He's he's one of those guys, having talked to Bud Black about this, that just gets better every year uh, that goes on. He adds to his game, and um, I think defensively he's probably the best out of the two. So uh, uh, he he's probably up there with Correa in terms of range. So I like Story if that's if that's who I get to pick from. I like it. I, I didn't even mention the fact that you've got Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez out there potentially as well. It's it's a heck of a free agent market next offseason. You got, it's not a lot you can go wrong with at that class. Absolutely. And hopefully the Cardinals, are, if they get one of them, I'll be happy at that point. Tony, <laughs> we always appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and the family. We wish you guys the best. Have a happy new year and enjoy watching this Padres club whenever we're finally able to watch baseball again. Because, man, they look like they're going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch next year. 
they certainly do. You guys have a good one. Have a happy new year. Absolutely. Same to you. That is Tony Gwynn Jr. joining us here on 101 ESPN. Dan mentioned this earlier today whenever we were doing the crossover. He sounds exactly like exactly. his father. Exactly yeah. like his father. And, man, is dad was one hell of a baseball player. But that that team is going to be so much fun. So I'm adopting them next year as my non-Cardinals National League team because when you watched them in against the Cardinals this season, I, I found them just – my eyes went to them as opposed to the Cardinals because of how much fun they were, man. Yep. There's just this youthful exuberance on that team that you don't see across baseball very often anymore. And I, I, I really appreciate the way that they play the game. And speaking of his dad going to so many Cardinal games growing up at Old Bush Stadium, to see Cardinal fans give his dad standing ovation at times, uh, just one of the, the best moments. They really love the legends of the game, and, and his dad, Tony Gwynn, was one of them. He is Jeremy Rutherford. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. We'll get to the concerns about the Blues coming up at 1 o'clock. If there are any, what are they? We'll get to those coming up at 1 o'clock. But coming up next, let's dive into the junk drawer right here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the BK and Ferrario podcast, powered by I Promise.